0: Hello, friendo. You know that feeling you get when you're around a good friend? There's nothing like it. It can make a bad day good and a good day great. I wanted to create a podcast that made me feel just like that. Every person has a story. And here in friendo, we're going to celebrate them. I'm going to introduce you to fascinating people that will make us laugh, make us think and inspire us. More than anything, this is a place where we can be ourselves. This is Frendo. Do you cook? Did you learn as a kid? Or was it something you learned as an adult out of necessity? I feel like I fall into the latter. Listen, the thrill that comes from cooking a meal and actually enjoying both the process and the final product can be very empowering. My guest, Meg Tucker, is the creator of the kids' cooking show, Just One Bite, and was a contestant on MasterChef Canada. She's on a mission to get families and children in the kitchen with her virtual cooking classes. She brings her catchy enthusiasm for life and shares the joy of cooking with everyone she meets in front of and behind her kitchen counter. Today, we talk about the inspiration behind her latest venture, Cook with Meg Today, She also shares why finding confidence in the kitchen is needed now more than ever for children and families all over the globe. She also gives you some tips to make meal prep easier for people of all ages. Later in the episode, our friend who recommends is something for the fitness lover and gamer. So it's a little combo deal there. I also share a personal update. You won't want to miss it. And three things I've been loving lately. And one of those is a new podcast. I can't stop binging. I'm Amanda Muse, and this is Friendo.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Meg. Thank you so much, Amanda. I feel like I know you, even though we've only met once. Well, I love
0: that we've even met one time because considering the nature of this gig, you're on like the other side of Canada for me. I mean, it's pretty fun. And we met in Texas, like of all places. (laughs) That was fun. I enjoyed that. I had never been to Austin, Texas let's just jump right in. So Meg, tell me a little bit about yourself, you know, what you're doing right now. But then I also like to share, you know, kind of how you got into this space, because you've had quite an interesting career. this far.
1: Oh, it's been a little wild. So uh, I won't take you all the way back to being born in Montreal. But I will say that I do live on the west coast of Canada. I'm in Alberta, Red Deer, Alberta, um, via Calgary, via Toronto, etc. And My story is, I mean, it's like everyone, we have such a path that you take, and you think you're on one path, and then it takes you somewhere else. And I think it's really no different than a lot of us. But for me, I took a psychology degree in theater, and moved into the world of marketing. So I was a marketing manager in Toronto for 10 years. And then I was always two things, I always loved entertainment, and I always loved food. So I had to explore the first, which was entertainment. And that was in the form of auditioning to become the correspondent for the show, The Bachelorette, which is wild. So I got that gig with City TV and Chum FM. We're not going to say when, it was a long time ago. And so for the season, I reported on the highs and the lows of the show and threw rose petals. And I mean, it was just this wild new world of media. And then when it finished, because I had done segments in both TV and radio, Uh, Chum FM radio station in Toronto asked if I wanted to join the show as an entertainment reporter. So I couldn't believe it, made the leap, left marketing, joined the morning show and worked with Marilyn Dennis and the whole crew for three years. And that's where I decided that this is where I need to be. I had done improv comedy. I'd done stand-up, and I thought I need to be in this world. And I loved the immediacy of radio. I loved how it was just live and you had to think quickly and, and be a part of connecting with people. So that led to 14 years hosting morning radio. So I was in Calgary, Toronto, and then Calgary, and then Red Deer. I was going backwards. I was going from like the biggest (laughs) place to the smallest place. And it was fine. And radio landscape changes very quickly. As we all know, the world of media can be a little harsh. And so in 2018, our entire station was flipped upside down. And that left me with thinking, okay, what do I do? So I kind of felt that it was time to start my own business. I had had a really great run in radio. I met my husband here. So we have a family and we're established. And I didn't really want to do the moving around anymore. So I started my own business, which at the time was called uh, Meg Tucker Talks. And I was doing a lot of brand campaigns. And you know the drill, a lot of uh, creative social campaigns, some in the food space. So I knew that I loved food. I mean, this has also been something that I've always done, but never professionally until the world closed. So that's kind of what brought me to 2020, where the whole world had to figure out what the next plan was. Um, and right before that, I had done, um, I was on MasterChef, and I got my culinary certification. So I, I was kind of poised and ready, but I needed a new plan
0: so interesting. Like, like you said, right when we started this little question here is there's so many little, and maybe not so little, like 14 years, that's a long time, but time you spend in these different roles that pave the way to this opportunity. Yeah. Like if you would have asked me, man, like 12 years ago, um, I was working in an office. I was managing people doing different, I was like in like licensed in insurance, you know, I could sell you life insurance. Um, and like, (laughs) How weird, you know, and if you just said to me, Amanda in 10 years, you're going to be doing this thing. I would have just laughed. But then when you look at where you end up, it makes sense. Like the theater element of what you did, you know, the marketing, how much of of running your own business is marketing. Like it's, it's very interesting. I know that the gig economy gets a lot of like, there's stress and blah and all this stuff. But I actually think it's kind of interesting to like, believe in yourself and take all your skill set and harness it in a way to like, enjoy
1: your job. And make some money from it. Like what? You know? Isn't it wild? And it's so true what you said about putting it all together. And I tell people, because I think people who meet me today, they don't they don't know that I was even on their radio. They don't know that I managed, you know, Adidas or ran the much music VJ search. Like they don't know any of these things. But I like to say I have taken all my lifetimes and put them all together. So The marketing hat gets worn, the improv hat gets worn, the culinary hat, and then the connecting. And it's actually really funny because right before the world closed, I was teaching an online workshop about how to connect online. And then the world closed. Like, what? So here we, So here we are, you too. like we've been in this online space now for a number of years, you more than I, and I feel like it was just a natural, a real natural pivot for me because I liked cooking. I actually have a we like to say we have a village, we all have a village, and I, I was working with a, still do with a really great consultant, and we were chatting, and she said, "What if you taught cooking? Like, actually, what if you just?" went online and taught some cooking classes. No one's leaving the house. It's something we all need. You're already online. You love food. You cook. So it, it was very organic how it started, but we had no idea that it was going to grow to this extent.
0: I mean, in the past, I never would have thought about taking a cooking class virtually. Like, why would you do that? You know, I, re- I remember it would be like a date night idea. You could go to a, a, like a, a place that either is a store slash kitchens, you know, all these, you know, but it'd have to be there and you couldn't do this virtually. So tell me a little bit about what's happening on, I know I follow you on Instagram. Well, what what are you doing right now on on your feed, on your platform?
1: Well, so for us, it really was about how do we help families? It really started as how do we help families give their kids the confidence. Kitchen confidence is kind of one of our models. We have three. We have kitchen confidence. We have we make it work because we have all shown that we just need to make it work in today's day. And also that we are awesome. And for me, I'm going to try really hard not to get emotional, but it, it gets me every time. I think it's so important that we give credit to these magical little human beings called children, because I don't think kids get enough credit. And I really feel like they are so resilient, and they don't often get recognized for just how great their potential is. And so I want to cook with my classes to be a lot more than just teaching them how to make a cake. So we got about 25 families signing up that first couple weeks. I remember looking at my recipes thinking, oh my gosh, I can't use flour because no one can get flour and I can't really use too many eggs because there's a limit at the store. So I really remember back when we started, I couldn't put certain ingredients in or we had to make it work for different families. And so at the end of the first class, I couldn't believe that we did it. Like, I, we pulled it off. And by we, I mean me. And so I, <laughs> I said, okay, everyone. And it's on Zoom. And I said, okay, everyone, I need everyone to turn on your microphones. And at the count of three, we are going to scream, we are awesome. Because I think we really need to remind ourselves that we are awesome. So we did. And it was great. And I hung up and then I cried because it was (laughs) just, we did it. And and then at the end of day two, so I think we did like a four-day stretch. Day two, we are awesome. Day three, we are awesome. And on the last day, I don't know, I got distracted by something and I was going to wrap up class and I saw this sweet little pumpkin. She put up her hand and I put her microphone on and she said in this tiny little voice, I'll never forget it. She said, but what about we are awesome? (laughs) And I just realized at that moment, this is so much more than making dinner. This is connection. This is kids feeling worthy and valued and heard and seen and listened to. And so that began the we are awesome, which to this day is how we end every class. And we've actually shifted. We talked for about the last five minutes, we turn microphones on, we share one kid in every class gets to share in their own words, why it is so important that we say we are awesome. And I mean, when you hear a kid say that they get bullied, but they know that when they're here in class, they're with friends and that they're learning new skills and that it doesn't matter what happens throughout the day because for this hour, they know they're awesome and that they can take that away. Oh, Amanda, like forget it. It's it's so grown beyond what it was supposed to be that for me, it's my mission to just continue to instill kitchen confidence, but to let these kids know that what they're learning right now man, they are going to be so set up. We have little boys who are like, am I going to make the best husband ever? Because I know how to cook. I'm like, yes, yes, will. you are.
0: Yeah. You're yeah. going to be like the host everybody wants to go to, Aww. you know, the the leader of the parties. Like mm-hmm. there is nothing like being wooed by
1: a, Person who can like make you a pasta or something. I'm like done. Hook line sinker. You know what I mean? Uh, like you, uh, you have a cook. You're both cooks, but you have a cook in your family. And I know I me. my husband's a good cook, so I I get it. You know? It's, oh my god! It's,
0: it's everything. Just, you know? I I was gonna ask you about this kitchen confidence, and I'm so glad you built you brought it up because. You know you've explained this importance of it and why, and um, I was actually just listening to a parenting podcast because you know, as a parent with two kids who've endured this pandemic, they are resilient. they are all of these things, but they also just need to be kids. you know what i mean yeah. and it's like and and I was reading this thing about or listening excuse me it was a podcast um about you know when kids are feeling down on themselves or their confidence is low, you know, how do we gain confidence? We feel confident because we've done something and accomplished something. So whether it's like, I'm going to keep this plant alive, look at this and you feel good, or I'm going to go and walk on the treadmill for 20 minutes and I did it and I feel great. But when you're little, those things are different, but you still need to do them. So if it's, if your kid's like into soccer, awesome but not every kid is some kids have passion around food and meal prep and all of that and allowing them to do that and then complete the task and have the confidence built from it boom confidence building right um i'm curious like as a kid did you were you like allowed to have, be fun in the
1: kitchen or your parents like hell no knives off limits no no it was it was all right so my childhood um, my parents divorced when i was 7 and my sister and I lived with my dad, which actually wasn't the most common, but we all had a discussion. And I guess we picked dad because we didn't want to leave our house. And so my dad had to learn how to cook. And my dad's a great cook. He took a Chinese food cooking class and we ate Chinese every day for the eight weeks that he was learning. But we, he would let me go into the kitchen. I said I had a restaurant and I called it, which is hilarious, like after saison, Meanwhile, it's actually a hotel. But anyway, I I would say you can't come in the kitchen. I'm creating you something. And then when I come out, you have to eat it. And his girlfriend, my stepmom, you have to eat it and judge it, which fast forward, I was on Chef, but random. Um, so I always got to create. He called it doctoring. I would say, Dad, can I just have just a plain hamburger. Let's, let's just doctor it up a little. Let's just do a few things to it. So we grew up in a very foodie house where we got to experiment and have fun. I wasn't, a I wasn't an adventurous eater, though. I mean, I grew up in the 70s, late 70s and 80s, right? Like we were casseroles, we were fish sticks and fries, like we were pretty basic at that time. So it wasn't until I got older that I experimented. But yeah, my family is all really good cooks, and they always encouraged creativity. And I want to just quickly go back to the point about kids and confidence. It doesn't come overnight, and and we're really careful um, because I know parents. Their initial thought is like, "I'm not letting my child in the kitchen by themselves." So make it clear that we always say, "Parents, you know your kids best." So if you can be on hand. You don't have to be in the class. You can be nearby. Um, we always encourage teamwork for sure, and we do step by step by step. So I have a knife skills class that I really think everyone should take. Um, but we teach proper knife skills in every class: how to hold a knife, what your other hand does, what how to how, like you hold it like you're riding a bike, holding handlebars, what your grip is what your non holding the knife hand does, which is your guide hand. Kids repeat back and forth with me, we do show and tell a lot. So if you've got your camera on, we're actually able to look and see, oh, tuck those fingers in and show me what you're going to do and show me what you're going to use. And so we take it very slowly, very step by step. And kitchen safety is like number one. Oh, absolutely. No, it's so important. You're right. Cause I
0: follow you on Instagram. I see this, I see the little Mm -hmm. clips, you know, even, and it's, it's amazing as a parent to see my children have this confidence. Cause like you said, my, my husband is like, he's worked in kitchens. He's been sous chef to this and that. I mean, I can make basics. All right. I can follow a recipe real good. But like, I am not the creative one. He's the one coming up with all these fancy ideas, but it's really interesting to see the kids. You know, my daughter, we, we just got a juicer. We were at the thrift store this is what we do. I love to thrift kitchen items. It's a thing. But anyway, um, so the kids, she was making all of this like lemon and apple and carrot juices and all this amazing. I'm here for it. Bring me all the fresh vitamin filled juices. But you know, she's got the fingers tucked and the knife is, you know, and I'm looking at this like, wow, I did not have that skill set at 10 years old. I... I was more of an, like a little bit of a nervous kid, I think, to try... I didn't want to look silly doing something new. I really would have been a great candidate for a class like what you're sharing because there's the confidence, like someone taking the time to show me those simple things because I'm that type of person where like, yeah, do the, do the knife safeties class type of thing and then I've got it for good, you mm-hmm. know? And like, you see how this can stay with you and you build this in your, in your kid when they're small and it's going to live with them forever. That way, when they move out, they're not just living on microwave dinners for, you know, weeks. Cause speaking from experience, (laughs) I'll never eat president's choice butter chicken (laughs) again. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I, you know, it's so, so, so true. And, and I think like as a parent, like we don't, the number one thing when a parent cooks with a kid or a teen even is like, either they're going too slow and we're in a hurry or you think they're going to hurt themselves. You're like, I got it. Let me just show you. I got it. Let me just do it. You can watch. And so it is, there is, and I like to be in control. So there is that letting go a little bit of letting go. Um, Trust. There's got to be that trust and patience. And I think that's the biggest thing everyone says to me, Meg, you are so patient. Well, first of all, they're not my children. They're your children. So it's easier. I think it's easier when I'm not right in the kitchen. But I think that it's, it's, you see that little light bulb go off, you see that little, listen, if they get one or two little takeaways, and we make it work, and we don't want to cut a full round onion, because it's very wobbly, and they're not quite there yet. So we're going to use green onions, which are easier to cut through. Or we can use powdered garlic because maybe they don't they're afraid to use a garlic press or they don't want their hands to be super stinky so we just make things work but still empower the kids to be able to make these choices and I always say if you are more comfortable doing a little bit of prep ahead of time with mom or dad or on your own because you need extra time we want the time that we spend together to be really enjoyable So if I see that a child is really slowing down or struggling, we'll take a pause, we'll let the kids catch up, and then the classes are all recorded. So that's another thing I always tell families, if you don't want to do a live class, you can still watch the recording and cook just like this. I always talk to the camera and say, Hey, you might be making this tomorrow. Let's go. So it's, it's, I've tried to, I guess, in my project manager marketing way, figure out What are all the hurdles that families could have, whether it's ingredients, safety, parents at work, not home yet, kids in different time zones, they're not home from school. So how do we make it work for the masses? And we're doing it. I love it. And you say, you know, you said something about
0: like using garlic powder instead of garlic to make your, you know, because your hands might be stinky. I wouldn't even have thought of that. You know what I mean? Like I would just, there's the press, get her done. But not, yeah, some kids do have texture concerns. Or, yeah, your hands are a little stinky. I personally love garlic. Oh my God. Like just the other night, Dean had done some beautiful pan, pan fried steaks and stuff, and he had had some garlic just there for like fragrance. I was like eating them after. He's like, Really? I'm like, It's so good. Crispy pan oh, fried, full good. garlic cloves.
1: I'm like, I, I, We're already married. I ain't trying to impress <laughs> you. I'm like, step away at six feet. (laughs) No no vampires for you. I do like that. And you asked when when we were just talking, like just to get ready for today, I wanted to give you also a few little, um, like not necessarily shortcuts, but permission to use shortcuts. This is something that families feel this immense, intense pressure that they've got to be Pinterest. They've got to be perfect. And because the Food Network has taught us so much and we love it, we also feel like, oh, I'm not there and I I don't have the perfect kitchen or the proper ingredient. Please know that you can use as many shortcuts as you want. It does not change the end of the day. So um, one of the big ones I do is that one. Dried spices, dried herbs and spices are fantastic. I think that we can often get Awesome, super fresh stuff. So, use dried. Um, the tip is you use dried at the beginning so that it more of your cook time to like get all of those oils and everything extracted. Whereas fresh herbs, you're going to use at the end. So that's kind of like dry versus. Um, what other tips do I have? Oh, this is a fun one. I do it all the time. So you know how you can buy bagged coleslaw mix in the in the produce section. So put that into soups, into stews. Um, it's cabbage, it's carrot. It's a lot of the things that you would spend so much time chopping and dicing and slicing. You've got that bag for two bucks or three bucks. Use that in soups, use it in stews. If you want to make homemade spring rolls or tacos, use that as your filling, Damn, pan fry that's it. a good idea. Easy oh and done. And you literally have not spent an hour chopping. Um, I also say butter. So butter is like a big one that people say, can we use all the different substitutions? And yeah, you definitely can. But if you're making biscuits or you're making pie crust, I mean, again, store-bought is fine, but put it in the freezer and grate it with a, with a box grater or a cheese grater. Or if you want a little extra protein, get hard-boiled eggs and grate them on a cheese grater. Um, just little tips there is so much power
0: in relinquishing control and i am a certified controlling person it's like who i am i have to remove myself from the equation like as a parent i'm just like because i want to interject i want to not be so messy i i acknowledge that in myself and i'm like this is not my strength so i let my partner you know really do what he needs to do knowing I can just clean up later and pop in my AirPods and clean the kitchen to songs I like or whatever. And it's, But it can be really hard. And I do think, I know we can make light of that, but that is a serious hurdle for a lot of homes where they're like, don't mess with my clean kitchen. But in the mess is where this magic can happen. And oh my God, you could put your feet up on a Thursday night while your kid makes dinner.
1: What, you know, it's so, 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 so true. You're talking about mess. So I'm the same. I, I, it kind of makes me a little crazy. But we talk about clean as we go. We It's how I've always cooked. So we literally, I mean, it's kind of like Pavlov, but we just repeat it so often. But we added this ingredient. So the flour gets put away. So we literally don't move to the next step until we're like, okay, everyone, time to get our flour put away. What else is on the counter behind us? We've already used it. Let's put away the flour. Let's get our baking powder put away. Um, so once we use an ingredient, it goes away. Once we crack an egg, the counters get wiped. My goal and what I always tell them is I want to finish class And I don't want you to have a whole lot of cleanup. In fact, if something has to go in the oven or the air fryer or basting or roasting or whatever, we're going to take the time to fill that sink, hot soapy water, load that dishwasher. And I almost cry when i get photos from parents with kids wearing giant rubber gloves and they're standing on a little stool at the damn sink and they are doing dishes and the parents are like how is how is this my kid but it's because well Meg said we always have to clean up so mom i'm cleaning i mean yes. i'm i'm happy to own that for you all but i i i really just think it's they just get so proud and i always say If you worked in a professional kitchen, you have to leave the kitchen cleaner than when you came in. So this applies to home. You do not want to leave a mess for somebody else unless you have the agreement that if you cook, maybe they clean. And I think for for you, my tip for you would be um, map it out. Let's say with Jack, map out what he's going to do and tell him, okay, you're going to spend the next 10 minutes getting all the ingredients out and onto the counter. And then I'm going to come back, we're going to set a timer. And I'm going to come back in 10 minutes. And I'm going to see if you've got all the ingredients out. And then you could give him another task. And if you're comfy with him, you know, chopping or stirring or whatever, you could say, Okay, 10 minutes, I'm going to come back. And so it kind of trains you too, because you're you're saying, okay, Amanda, I'm going to walk away It's killing me. (laughs) But I know that the task he's working on is actually step number two on the recipe. So really, I've mapped it out, you're still kind of controlling what the situation and how it's unfolding. And you know that he's not skipping to step 10, because you're coming back and you're just checking his work. And that's okay to do that is totally okay to do. And I think what makes them excited is that they realize that. I want to make mom proud. It gets me. Right? I want to make myself proud. Look how, what a great job I'm doing. Look what I'm learning. I mean, the tables will turn quickly where he will be correcting you and that's when it's like (laughs) hysterical. But I, you know, I I think it's, yeah, parents have to work within their own limits too. Like, I'm not saying let your kid make a, you know, a Mexican mole with 80 ingredients and you're in the other room. Like, (laughs) we're going to we're going to keep it somewhat controlled but start small. I love that. It's
0: yeah, I mean just thinking about what you're saying at the end here about like how they feel the sense of pride and you, you know I personally, I always, I don't like to cook. That's not true. I love cooking for people that are going to enjoy it. I get so much like, oh, I tried this new recipe, or I, I remember I was really into cooking there. This was like before Dean took over domestic duties, but um, I had I made this like beautiful fish tacos, and I made this nice sauce on the side, and it was a recipe. It wasn't like from the box. Like it was Amanda did it all herself, and I was so proud of myself. And just knowing if I can be that proud of myself and everybody enjoyed it, like how fun is that for your kid to feel that too? And I love that in your classes, you're teaching them good kitchen etiquette about how to clean up and put it away. That's huge for me because I do that too. Like I listen to songs I like or a podcast and I'll clean as I go. And then at the very end, I'm like, well, well, look at that. It's done. I don't have to do anything, but put the dinner dishes away, you know, and amazing. So I just think that's a great skill set. Tell me more about the summer camps the classes how are how often are you doing them how can people connect
1: Yeah so we have we have weekday classes which of course started during the pandemic but we're finding that depending on your time zone you're either home from school or again you'll do the recording so we do a Tuesday and a Thursday class right now we're doing a series called let's go to the movies we're literally cooking through famous movies. Next week, it's Ratatouille and Harry Potter, which is super fun. Uh, We made them drop-in classes too, 20 bucks a class, just because we know that parents can't always commit for a, gosh, we don't know what we're doing next week, much less a month from now. So we did make those individual. Uh, So that's through the week. We have a new series coming up called The Ultimate Road Trip, where we get to make food from really cool spots all around the globe. And then on weekends, we have a Saturday class every Saturday. It's a themed class where we do a different longer recipe. And these are all ages. So we have lots of adults cooking on Saturdays. We're doing the perfect roast chicken dinner on um, this Saturday. Well, this could be it's probably going to be gone by now, but we're doing <laughs> lots of fun classes where they change every single week. And then our big, big push would be summer camps. So, registration opens April 1st. We do seven weeks of summer camp. It's wild. We have four day camps, Monday to Thursday. So, 1 p.m. mountain, which would be 3 p.m. in Eastern. And classes run about an hour to an hour and a half. They are camp-themed, super cool menus. We make homemade ice cream. We make s'more bowls. We make tin foil packets that you can then cook on the barbecue. They're total campy, summery. Every recipe usually has a drink that the parents love because they, you know, <laughs> doctor up their kids' drinks. I love it.
0: Fully support this business. This is amazing. So what's the best way for people to connect with you if
1: they want to learn more and sign up? Yeah, they can go to cookwithmeg.com. Pretty simple. I'm on Instagram at cookwithmeg today. I don't take this lightly. I am honored to get to spend time in your homes with your kids in your kitchen. And they give back to me I would say more than I even give to them. It's it's pretty special.
0: Oh, you're just so sweet. I love it. Well, thank
1: you for sharing with me today. This has been so nice. Thank you. This has been awesome. And I hope to see you soon.
0: because we're all friends here, I like to know what's making you guys happier each week, which is why we have this segment, The Friendo Recommends. And so this week, it is definitely fitness related. So no pressure. We do what we need to do, right, to move our bodies. And that's going to look different for each person. But some of us have things that we love. I know that I do likely you do as well. Could be walking, could be running, could be weightlifting, could be cycling. There's so many things, so many options, right? And so this one falls into like two categories because it kind of fills that need for fitness, but then also for the gamer in all of us. So this week's recommendation comes from Instagram user Christina MYC, and her recommendation is the Peloton. Obviously, I very much support this decision. Is the Peloton like a cult? It might be, <laughs> but it makes me feel good and it's fun. Do I like it simply because it's expensive and I have to pay for it? Maybe. I don't know. But it is really fun and I enjoy it and I feel such a boost. Of endorphins after my workouts. I just love everything about it. Um, but there is something new that was recently launched. And so this, it's like a two parter. So this second part of the recommendation comes from user Jackie over on, on Instagram, Jackie Fisher eight. And she was saying, Amanda, you need to try the new lane break game in Peloton. So, you know, as as brands do, Peloton did a little update. They included this new feature. I have not tried it yet, but I'm going to. And it's like a little video game within the exercise and you acquire points. I think you do something to the music. So I'm going to try it today. I'm really excited. Uh, but yeah, a little two-parter, two for one for the fitness lover and video gamer in all of us. If you would like a recommendation to be featured in an upcoming episode, be sure to follow me on Instagram at amandamuse, M-U-S-E. Link is in the show notes and you can send me recommendations randomly or when I prompt you guys to submit them, there's your chance and you could be featured in an upcoming episode. Hey, hey. We're going to start with a personal update. If you follow me on Instagram and on YouTube, you already know what I'm about to say. But hey, not everybody follows everywhere. Not every platform offers the same type of relationship, right? So my update is that my husband, Dean, who has been on furlough, essentially been unemployed for just about two years, has finally been called back to work and I'm feeling things. I am feeling things. It is very exciting. It's somewhat overwhelming. It's shocking. I feel like I could just keep providing you with words and verbs as to how I'm feeling right now. I'll say this. When I first got the news, and by the way, if you'd like to have a bit more of an in-depth conversation about this, one of my recent videos over on YouTube where I talk about, you know, I think it's titled... Finally, big news. Um, I'll you know I'll link my channel below. But basically, I go into a bit more depth about the day we got the news, and then kind of how it's been percolating for the last few days. But I'll say that it's just one of those things where you have a choice in life, right? When something happens to you, there's an opportunity to make a decision, and we make decisions for different reasons. Some are good, some are better than others. Some are downright bad plans of action, you know, or inaction. Those are usually my worst plans when I don't do anything but worry about stuff. But when we got the news that, you know, the pandemic was changing all of our lives and my husband was unemployed, I just put my head down and I worked. Because that's what you do in a partnership, in my mind. Dean has supported me. I have supported him. There have been times where he supported me more in terms of financial support. And now there have been times where I've supported him more with financial support. And it's just what we had to do. That said, though, that those actions take a toll. And I don't think I realized the degree of toll that that's taken on me personally. And when I first got the news, which has probably been like, almost 10 days now or so a little bit more We got the news on the on February 11th and as of recording today it's February 23rd and uh, so just about two weeks, right? And my initial reaction was like yelling at the top of my lungs I truly couldn't be happier where now I feel very tired. <laughs> just a little bit of overwhelm. You know, yesterday I had to shoot some stuff for some sponsored projects I'm working on. And I felt like I needed a blood transfusion after I was done. Not because the task was particularly difficult or challenging. It's been things I've been doing for the last, you know, six solid years. It's just, I don't know. Like, I just feel a little bit shell-shocked. Like, I've been run over by a truck and then the truck backed up, you know, and I'm just a little, holy smokes, not hormone related. It's none of that. Um, I've had a little spike in anxiety. It's just the toll, the toll. And so rather than resist and fight all the feelings, I'm just leaning into it and like, hey, however I feel today is how I feel today. And we're just going to move along and keep on trucking. I'm very excited about this next chapter of our lives. I feel like I finally get to close the chapter on the wildness that was the last two years. Dean is officially back at work in April. So we have some time to adapt to the idea. He is starting a newer plane to him and will be based out of Toronto, which is great because there was a chance he could be based out of a different city in Canada. And I was like, oh, God, are we going to have to move? You know, but all is good. And I'm really excited for him to be back at it, to not be constantly worried about what he was going to do for work and It's wonderful news. It's just surprising sometimes how we can react to wonderful news, even though it's wonderful and everything is good. It's not that I'm trying to find something to complain about because that's not my nature. I'm just kind of surprised at how my body is responding. A little spike in anxiety here just kind of overall overwhelm and fatigue. It's a little surprising, honestly. So I'm doing what I need to do, exercising, eating right, sleeping, making sure my hobbies are still there, trying to socialize. I think that's the part I need to do more of. And this weekend, I do have a girl's day planned or girl's night. So I'm really excited for that. But anyway, I wanted to share this personal update. Uh, It's very exciting. It's just very interesting how we can react to even very positive news. Now... Changing gears. I want to share with you a few things that have made my life a little happier this last few days. And just in general, you know, I think it's important to find things just for the simple pleasures of daily enjoyment. You know, it doesn't have to be these big dramatic things. They don't have to be expensive, but maybe they bring you some joy, right? So these three things are not going to surprise you. We have a gaming situation. So video game lovers, we have a podcast. And a fashion item. Although, is it fashionable? I'll let you be the judge of that. First things first, my Nintendo Switch. I talk a lot about gaming and how I'm definitely an adult woman who likes to game. I find the Switch very, it's like cotton candy. You know, it's fun, it's fluffy, it's not particularly, you know, single person shooter games. That's not what I'm about. I like Mario. I like. Mario Kart. I like Mario Golf. I'm currently playing a Toad game with my son where it's like a two-person layered, chaptered game. Yeah, you know, It's fun. One of our favorites was Luigi's Mansion. Love that one. But it just is a nice opportunity to chill out, unwind. I also love watching TV. Don't get me wrong. But it's something fun, kind of a passive activity that we all connect on. And it's a way that I can connect with my kids, but also just spend some time by myself. So I highly recommend the Switch. There's two versions, a Switch and a Switch Lite. If you're curious, as you know, I do have a YouTube channel and I did a deep dive on both the Switch and the Switch Lite and maybe why you'd be interested in one or the other because there is a price difference. You can find that on my channel and it's like a watch first before you buy. So if you're curious, links to my channel are going to be below. The next thing on my list is my current favorite podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. The podcast is called Sounds Like a Cult. A little while back, I was recommended a book called Cultish written by Amanda Montell. Do I have it in here? I'm trying to think if I've shared it with you guys. Maybe not. It is a book that's been recommended to me and it talks about, and I'm paraphrasing, I also haven't read the book, but based on what I know about Amanda Montell now while listening to her podcast, it talks about our culture today and how certain things that you may not think are cult-like can be. So, as I was saying in you know, the friendo recommend section is Peloton occult, kinda, right? And so what's interesting is how Amanda and her co-host dive deep into the various topics like Tony Robbins, like Lula Rowe, p s, the Lula Rowe um documentary. Amanda is featured in it, really good. Um, you know, all of these different, Topics that you may not think are cult like, but they kind of are. Astrology is another one I recently listened to. Anyhow, I'm binging this podcast. It's a weekly podcast, but you know, there are a few backlogged weeks now, and I'm just kind of sad because I'm almost done and caught up, and now I'm going to have to wait week to week. But it's really fun. It's interesting. The topics are very like relative or the topics are very much on brand, on point. Everything's happening like in real time. It covers that pop culture, but also science-y, nerdy stuff, which I really like. It's um, it's fun. Highly recommend. They have guests that come on um, and just makes you think about things in a different way. So I'm really enjoying it. Sounds like a cult podcast. And last, but definitely not least, I treated myself to something new. When I got the news that Dean got his job, I was like, that's it. I have been eyeing these new blundstones for myself for like the last two years, and I'm going to go get them today. And I treated myself to a beautiful pair of blundstones. If you're not familiar with what those are, those are those ankle boots. They have, um, it's like a Chelsea boot style, but very durable. They originate from Australia, I'm pretty sure, because Aussies will call them blennies. And you know, All the cool kids are wearing them. They're just very chill. I like that it's a unisex look. I just sometimes feel like I fall into that. I wouldn't say androgynous, but I definitely like dressing, you know, more a little bit like what's the word? Punk? No, it's it's on that kind of male Tipping side. I don't always love to dress super feminine, and I find that it just really works with how I dress. I also find them particularly comfortable. They last a really long time. Like, I have a black pair that are scuffed to high hell. Uh, They have been beaten up, but I wear them for everything walks when you're, you could be wearing them with tights and a skirt. You could wear them with some cargo pants, sweatpants. Like honestly, I wear them all the time. The actual color, because I have the box in my office, is rustic brown and I love them. So much fun. Anyhow, so that was my treat. Yeah, they're expensive. Okay. They go, I think if I round up, I think if I round up, I spent like $300. So they're by no means a cheap boot. The thing is though, they literally last forever. The last pair I bought, I bought when I first got back to Canada. And that was like, Jack was not even two when I when I moved to Ontario. So that was 2015. Yeah, 2015. We're 2022. That's seven years ago. So they kind of last a long time. Big fan. It was fun to spoil myself. Do I feel a little regret spending that money? A little bit a little bit, but I will wear the hell out of them. Those are my favorites for the week. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I really enjoyed speaking to Meg. First of all, you need to follow Meg Tucker on Instagram at cook with Meg today. Her face just makes you want to smile. So there's that. And I'm really curious about the summer camps for the kids. I think it's such an interesting concept like My kids are not really feeling the whole summer camp concept this year. Like they don't want to be gone from the house for six to eight hours or whatever it is. But like an hour or two on a virtual call that's kind of cool. So lots of options. And if by chance you happen to have missed last week's episode, I had a chance to sit down with Kat and Nat. It was a fun conversation. I've known those women for quite some time and it was fun just to you know support one another in this online space and this gig economy and hear what they're up to. Really enjoyed it. And then of course, be sure to follow along, share with a friend, and I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Bye friends. Frendo is produced by Amanda Muse with producer Dila Velasquez. Audio editing by Ali Ashbacker and Amanda Muse, Production and sound design by Rob Johnson. Can I ask a little favor? Can you share this podcast with a friend? It's the best way to help get Frendo into new ears. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find me on Instagram daily at Amanda Muse, YouTube for weekly videos at Amanda Muse, And TikTok for some laughs at Muse Amanda. Thank you for listening and join me next week.